you know, really, you just have to be open-minded. You know, you have to, you know, just realize that you're not in America anymore. You know, you have to be respectful to everything, whether you agree with it or not. Um, you have to be respectful to everybody that you meet because you never know what insight they have in the club, in the community. And, you know, you don't, because clubs over here already have like a notion of Americans you know of being bad or good you know they're like I don't know how's this person gonna be or you know so like that you know you have to try to set the trend that not all Americans are the same mm -hmm. um, and so really it just comes down to being respectful and being open-minded to trying to learn the language to understand it to you know willing to go out of your way for pretty much everybody like the Europeans do it's just their lifestyle and you mm -hmm. have to kind of jump out of the American lifestyle and go into the European lifestyle as fast as you can. Another season in the books, the podcast featuring current and former professional athletes. They come from all over the world and many spent their college years studying and playing in the United States. We talk athletics, academics, and because life is so interesting, a little bit of everything else. I'm your host, Leslie Knight, 14-year veteran in Europe's professional basketball leagues. I played one year in Switzerland and 13 consecutive seasons in Spain. I played my last game in Madrid for Movistar Estudiantes on January 29th of 2022, as I was three months pregnant and not really feeling like running up and down the court anymore or banging in the low post, might I add. Our little babe was born in August of 2022, which means we are officially sleep deprived and a little off our rocker first time parents. Bear with me. Anyway, enough about me. It's about that time. So let's get to it. Hey everyone, I'm back with another interview and what I would call a really fun time. Today's guest is down to earth genuine and from a small, small town in northern Wisconsin, right on the border of the biggest freshwater lake in the world. Have you heard of it? Lake Superior. Actually, in fact, because I played in Switzerland my first year out of college, I think I remember googling and seeing that the country of Switzerland could probably fit almost two times inside the surface area of Lake Superior. That's how big this lake is. It's massive. Anyway, Jolene Anderson is a Wisconsin legend, former Big Ten Player of the Year back in 2008, the year we graduated, and after 16 years still holds the scoring record at the University of Wisconsin. She's humble, grateful, and above all, respectful, one of the key factors to her longevity as a professional athlete. I had such a good time talking with Jolene and getting to know her, even if she did call me a mud duck. But I guess I have to be grateful for her for teaching me something new. Otherwise, maybe I did know it and I just had blocked it out of my memory. I'm not sure, but I had, according to me, I had no idea people called Minnesotans mud ducks. Anyway, without further ado, here she is, Jolene Anderson. All right. Good morning, Jolene Anderson. How you doing? Where are you at? Let uh, let our viewers, our listeners know where you are in the world. Good morning. I'm doing good. Um, thank you for having me. And I'm in Barcelona. Barcelona, not a bad place to be. I'm sure lots of people have never been there. And it's probably maybe on a bucket list for some people. 
It, it definitely is, but definitely a tourist attraction year round. Um, so that's a downfall, but it's definitely a place everybody should probably see once in their lifetime. Do you live like in the city center of Barcelona or are you kind of on the outskirts? On the outskirts. So it's like 25 minute train ride. So it's kind of like perfect. If you want to go see a lot of people, go to the city, but then you can come back and relax and yeah. be more calm. Are you near the beach? No. No, more inland? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I've been to Barcelona maybe a handful of times because every time somebody comes, if I have the opportunity, like if I have the time, it's a place that people want to go. Um, definitely enjoy it. But you must enjoy where you're at because you're in year number two. I am. I am. You know, I'm starting to get up in the age. Um, and so, you know, I'm kind of, I guess, sick of traveling from team to team every year. And so, you know, if I can stay in one place more than one year, I'll be more than happy to. And you know, like, like we said, Barcelona is not a bad place to be at. Um, and so, you know, I can't complain. Yeah, no, I hear you on the moving because it's like the suitcases and the packing and adjusting to a new team and a new coach and a new city. I mean, there's something yeah. to say for stability. Exactly. Like moving and living out of two suitcases, like, you know, it gets hard and then you got to look at the weather, see what places is if it's actually gonna have winter or not and mm -hmm. you know sometimes just more of a headache packing than actually going and not to mention the language exactly because <laughs> you go to some places and they'll attempt to speak English and some like instances like I ran when I played in France like they spoke nobody like really outside of the club you know and so it's like you have to adjust to everything and sometimes it's just like let me stay put for as many years as I can and we'll be okay yeah, maybe in the beginning of your career, I don't know how you felt, but like more excited about the adventure, about whatever, but maybe as you get a little older or once you feel comfortable in a place, it's like, why would I, why would I move, you know? Exactly. Like when you first come over, it's like, let's go see all the countries that you can and it's like take the opportunity. And then once you get, it's like, okay, I can just settle down and be in a place more than one year and mm -hmm. I'll be content. Especially if, I mean, and for that to happen, the club has to be happy with you too. So it's not like it's your decision, but if you're in a place for multiple years, it's because you're doing something well enough that they're willing to, you know, bet on you every single year, which is, has said a lot about you as a person as well. Um, It, it definitely, especially coming from, you know, being an American, you know, there's hundreds and thousands out there who you know, would take your job any place. And so if a club is happy enough for you, then, you know, you can kind of meet them halfway and, you know, be willing to stay as long as they're happy. You know, that's the most important. Keep the club happy and the president happy and everything is okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, what would you say is your first um, sports memory as a little girl? Wow, you're aging me now. Um, <laughs> you're younger no, than no. I am still by a couple months. <laughs> you know, it probably when I was four years old, um, you know, just, you know, throwing the ball against the house um, in the inside of the walls in the house and my mom yelling at me and everything. And so, um, but other than that, like playing, it would probably be, you know, with my family outside, just, you know, shooting, you know, playing all sorts of games. And so, you know, it's just kind of, kind of ran in the family, I guess you should say, from a young age. When you say throwing the ball against the wall, you're talking about a basketball? Yeah, I had like, ironically, a little basketball like this. That was a Wisconsin basketball, Wisconsin okay. Badger basketball. Um, You know, just, yeah, 
I guess there was no basket in the hoop, so I just kind of threw it against the wall, and it didn't happen so often until mom heard it. Yeah, I think about that now because here in Madrid, like we live in an apartment, and so we've got people living above us, below us, next to us. And when I was little, I could dribble in the basement or, you know, play with the ball and I wouldn't bother anybody. But here, that's not necessarily the case. But I did see um, on Amazon, like they're, they've come out with these silent balls. Have you seen those? No. It's a, it's a basketball, but it's made out of something different that the feel and the density is similar to a real ball, but it doesn't make the noise. So um, I've talked to a friend of mine and he said that he's actually talking with some like developers or designers here in Spain and they're going to try to make their own ball or something like that. So I'm going to wait a little bit and then maybe buy one. But now that I've got a little girl here in the house and I want her to start using balls and dribbling, I'm like, I got to get one of these silent balls so that, you know, we don't make. But then like, even if it's a little kid, nobody will complain. Perhaps. People hear the noise and be like, it's just her bouncing. Oh, okay. It's a fine. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. But the woman that lives above us, she must have a dog or when her family comes over because they must throw this little ball and it's like, boom, 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 constantly. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, even if it's a dog, I'm sorry, but I don't want to be listening to that. <laughs> Especially when you're trying to sleep or something like, yeah. Yes. Yes. They can get annoying yes. very quickly. Um, so because you're talking about your family and sports, I'm assuming you come from a sports oriented family. Um, yeah, my mom actually played college basketball for three years. Yeah. Um, and my dad played in high school, um, but he doesn't take credit for it. Like he takes the credit when I come out of the game and sit on the bench. He says, that's where I got it from him. Um, Good yeah, job, but my mom went to college. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my mom went to college, um, and my two sisters played in college also. Okay. And so, you know, sports, I guess, is really in the blood, I guess. Yeah, for sure. So three girls. Yeah, and I'm right in the middle. Okay. Interesting. How many years difference are there? Um, Two years between my older sister and I, and then um, nine years between my younger sister and I. Okay, wow. All right. Yeah, well, so with... it's kind of like I'm the youngest, but in the middle still. Yeah. So with your older sister, there was a lot of maybe competition or just like playing together. Um, yeah, you know, we played two years of high school together, um, okay. but she was more like a volleyball person and I was more of a basketball person. So, you know, we kind of just not went our own way, but, you know, we, when we're on mm -hmm. the same team, we played together, but, you know, it was kind of do your own thing and okay. be happy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and when I was looking at your Wikipedia page, which is pretty, like pretty detailed whoever is updating that and doing that, that's awesome. Um, I didn't know where you were from. I kind of figured you were from Wisconsin because we played against each other in college, but I didn't know where exactly. So you were born in Superior, Wisconsin, correct? Yeah, because that's where the nearest hospital is. And so I'm actually from Port Wing, which is like okay. 45, 45 miles east of it. Where you went to high Yeah, I have like 300 people. Yeah. Okay. So there must be more people there now because Wikipedia showed 164 and I was like, wow, that's a small town, but even 300 is still small. Yeah. Like 300 is like max probably. I'm pr probably still stre stretching it a little bit, but yeah, there's little to nobody, you know, where everybody lives and where everybody, you know, and so it's yeah. really personal basis when you go home. Uh-huh. So that's why uh, Port Wing also, I clicked on their Wikipedia page and then you click on like the notable people that are from that area. And of, your name was like number one, cause Anderson, I mean, alphabetically you're up there. Do you know who was number two? 
Megan Gustafson. Megan Gustafson. And I had no idea she was from your same like town, even though I think they said maybe she was born in Duluth, maybe. But I just thought, what are the chances? Because of course she's on the Spanish national team now. And yeah. I didn't really know who she was beforehand. I mean, I feel like I'm just getting old and so I'm not as in tune with <laughs> WNBA or these college kids coming out. But um, I mean, small world. I'm like, that is crazy that she is, you guys are on the same Wikipedia page for notable people in this town of like 300 in Northern Wisconsin. What are the chances of that? Yeah, it's it's amazing now that you think about it. You know, she grew up like three minutes from our house. Um, she played high school basketball with my younger sister. Um, and so they know each other really well. Um, and it's the amazing career that she's having. Um, you know, the sky's the limits for her. You know, she's still young. Um, but yeah, it's it's amazing when, you know, people talk about her and I'll be like, yeah, we're from the same same town. Like we went to the same high school, like everything. It doesn't happen that often, especially for a small town. No, so she's about maybe about, I need, I was going to look her up, but I'm not sure what year she was born, but we're 37. So she's got to be 27, 26, maybe even younger than that. Yeah. 24, 25, maybe. Wow. I I don't honestly know. I know because okay. my younger sisters will be 27. And so I, I don't know. Yeah. We're okay. just getting old. That's fine. Everybody's <laughs> younger, <laughs> way younger. So is that like the typical uh, stereotype that people are like, oh, you're from a small town. There wasn't anything else to do. You just probably spent hours and hours playing, playing hoops in the backyard or at the park. Yeah. It's really like, everybody's like, where'd you come from? Well, first of all, like they don't know where Wisconsin is over here. Like they for sure won't know where Port Wing is. So, you know, I usually just end up saying Chicago because <laughs> just it's, it's close enough and like the only one to go into detail. Um, but you know, if you actually get like an American or you talk to them, it's like, but what did you do? Um, you know, there's really nothing to do. And so it's either you grew up playing sports or you grew up like going to work right away. Um, and you know, once you find a passion, you just kind of stick to it because literally there's nothing else to do. You, you know, the nearest mile is an hour away. Um, and so, you know, and the winters are brutal. And, they're and probably so, I'm assuming they're even more brutal than Minneapolis because you guys are right on the lake yeah especially you know you get the wind off the lake and sometimes it could be like I know I went home for Christmas two years ago it was like minus 27 degrees Celsius and you know it's it it hits you hard but growing up there you kind of get used to it um yeah. and so it's just normal you know yeah no it's funny to me here when people are like oh it's so cold today and I'm just like Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm like uh, okay <laughs> granted I've been out like I haven't spent very many winters in Minnesota for a, a long period of time since I graduated from college so I do feel like I've kind of I'm losing my tough skin but um yeah up on near Lake Superior I mean you're, yeah you're right on on the coast when we go up we go to camping usually during the summers with my family um on the Minnesota side but Usually we'll try to like go into the lake just at least once just to say we did it. Even in the month of July or August, that lake is so cold. I think it's it's even colder than here in Spain when you go up to like Galicia and you've got the islands, the Fies Islands, and it's the water's cold. The water in Lake Superior is colder than, what is that, the Atlantic? It's colder, in my opinion. Yeah. 24 seven. Like it's, they're like, do you go swimming? No, no, it's cold. <laughs> it's too cold. Like not going to do it. Like you're better off having a pool in your backyard or something and 
instead of going swimming like no not doing it yeah <laughs> and um itasca i'm i'm assuming that you like you've been to lake itasca you you know the area um yep. I, have, I have memories of itasca state park because we went there when i was little and the typical like that's where the mississippi is born yep so yeah, for, like, for people that really don't know what we're talking about, I'm assuming they know the Mississippi River, and that's where the Mississippi is born. Jolene Anderson is basically from the birthplace of the Mississippi River. <laughs> you know, it's up in the middle of nowhere, but actually it has a lot to offer. Um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, amazing scenery up there. You know, it's pretty close to Canada, so you can hit two countries at the same time. Um, and so, you know, it's now looking back at it, it's like, you know, I am proud of where I grew up and where I'm from sure. and in the middle of nowhere, but hey, I'll take it. Yeah, I have we have pictures of my brothers and I walking across the Mississippi because there, there are those spots where there are lots of rocks and the water is you know it's kind of trickling out of the lake. And so you can say, Oh yeah, I've walked across the Mississippi, but <laughs> then you go down to Minneapolis at the University of Minnesota and you see this massive river through flowing through the town. It's like you could never walk across that. But um up north, yep, when I was, I don't know, I, I was probably like seven, eight years old, but definitely remember being up there. Little did I know that Julian Anderson was just next door. Yeah. Um, and you said that when you were little, you had this badger ball. Was it always University of Wisconsin for you? Um, you know, that's something that people always ask, you know, why Wisconsin? Why did I go there? And, you know, actually, I didn't realize until I was a sophomore in high school, really, that I was that good playing college. Okay. Um, you know, I was just playing and still play just for the love of the game. You know, it's still considered a hobby for me. You know, I don't consider it as a job, even though I'm getting paid. Um, and so, you know, looking back at it, I wanted to go somewhere close. My parents can still watch and still come to every game. Um, and, you know, if I had the opportunity to represent my home state, you know, I was always going to take it. Um, and so I guess once the recruiting picked up, I guess, you know, it really was Wisconsin always from the beginning. And, you know, everybody else just kind of took a back seat. Did you go on any of your official visits outside other than Wisconsin? I went on one official visit and one official unofficial both to Wisconsin. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, I wasn't much of like, the recruiting process like I'll take I'll be honest like I hated it you know I hated getting phone calls emails like paper in the mail like I just wanted nothing to do with it because you know I guess I was blessed to have the ability to play basketball but I didn't think of it that way you know I was just focused on like I said like playing with my best friends in high school and you know I just wanted to get be committed and get it over with and move on yeah that's understandable and perhaps even today some people would still feel like that because it is it can be extremely overwhelming, um, especially for a player like yourself, where did you play AAU? Like, how did how did people hear about Jolene? Because from a small town in Wisconsin, I mean, how did you get your name out there? Um, yeah, I started AAU when I was a freshman in high school, I think. Okay. Um, and, you know, people always told my parents to move to a bigger city so people can, co coaches can see me and stuff like that. But they were like, if you know, Jolene's that good enough, they'll come see her where she's at. Um, and, you know, both my parents grew up from there. They went to the same high school. And so, you know, it was kind of, you know, heartfelt that if I was that good, really, they would come in the middle of nowhere in Port Wing and watch me play. Uh-huh. So did you have college coaches coming and sitting in your high school gym? 
Yeah, um, Coach Stone came um, when I broke the record um, for the state of Wisconsin. Um, the scoring record? Yeah. Okay, and you still maintain that 2,312 points? For the University of Wisconsin, yeah. Ah, for the university. Yeah, 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 yeah. For university. Your high yeah. school. I don't know how many points you scored in high school. Um, I don't remember, but Megan broke it anyways. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. She, um, and then I think somebody broke Megan's record. I don't know. Oh, wow. Long okay. story short. So yeah, Coach Stone came and um, Marquette's coaches came. And, you know, it was just. That's a big deal. Kind of, yeah, kind of stuff that just went in the back of my head, really. It was just like, I want to know part of it. And it was okay. Yeah. How many, I didn't look on Google Maps, but how far is your hometown from Madison? Um, it's five and a half hour drive. Oh, okay. So it's not like, so yeah. Actually, the University of Minnesota was closer. <laughs> okay. Yep. But, <laughs> but you wouldn't be going to the University of Minnesota, though. <laughs> I wasn't going to be a mud duck. A mud duck? Yeah, that's what Wisconsin people call Minnesota people, mud ducks. I didn't know that. You didn't know that? M-U-D, mud? Mud ducks, yeah. Because what's your um state bird? The loon? Yeah, they live in the mud, no? <laughs> uh, you're blowing my mind right now. I had no idea that other states would like call us something, you know, like. I mean, Wisconsin, the cheese heads. The cheese heads, yeah. The, yeah. yeah, the mud ducks. Oh my gosh, I never knew that. I'll have to yeah. ask some of my Wisconsin friends because they, they never sort of mud ducks. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. The loon. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So your parents five and a half hours, were they still coming to all your home games? Um, mostly every home game my senior year, they came. Wow. Um, and between freshmen and senior, I would say most of them, they didn't miss at home games. Yeah. Even my senior year, they actually traveled to away games too. Some of them. Yeah, my parents did as well. Distance, yeah. Mm -hmm. But you yeah. were playing, you were playing lots of minutes since your freshman year. Were you, you were a freshman of the year of the Big Ten or something like that? Yes, I was. Yep. Yeah. And yes, then your senior year, game, you were, yeah. senior year, you were Big Ten player of the year. Yeah. Yeah. And look at you, 16th. Are you in your 16th year as a professional? Um, I hate to admit it, but yes, I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I mean, I retired pretty 2022 and we're the same age. So 16 years, what is your secret? Like longevity? I mean, cause I don't think you've had knock on wood, but injuries have kind of respected you more or less. Um, yeah, just my first year in Italy, I tore my ACL. Oh, you did. Yeah. So 11 years ago, I think. Oh, wow. Um, but, but other than that, no, knock on wood, I've been, I've been healthy. Um, wow. you know, you know, people ask me, how do you do it? Like, what do you eat? Like, what do you do? And honestly, there's nothing special. You know, I'm just blessed, I guess, with the body and the mechanics that I have and the strong yeah. and that I won't complain and just keep on ticking, I guess. Yeah. But you're a guard. So, I mean, you're penetrating, you're leaving your feet, uh, you know, finishing at the rim. Like every time you come down, it's just, yeah, that's amazing. I, granted you did tear your ACL and that's a huge injury. So, um, but what about summers you, cause I saw, well, <clears throat> when I was looking at, um, your Wikipedia page, I'm like, wow, this is really cool. You've played in a lot of different countries, France, Poland, Turkey, Spain, Australia. Am I missing any? And Italy. And Italy, of course. Yeah. Italy. 
Um, so you've really gotten a chance to like see the world, different cultures too. Um, and I'm curious, like, what did you think about your years in, in Turkey compared to France or Italy or even Spain? Cause I'm assuming that culture is different. Oh, I, um, you know, people ask me all the time, what was your favorite country? Um, and you know, I spent eight years in Italy. So if I don't put Italy number one, you know, that's, it would be wrong of me. Um, especially, you know, I met my partner in Italy and everything. So, you know, I, that has to be number one, but Turkey, I loved it. I would love to go back. Um, okay. you know, Turkey is definitely number two, just because like you said, the culture is different, you know, everything's different, you know, living in a Muslim country for eight months out of the year, you have, you know, Ramadan going on, you have the call to prayer, um, five times a day that you have to get used to. And, you know, even different holidays that they celebrate that are, you know, nothing that you heard of, nothing that you experience. It's definitely eye-opening, but, you know, something that I'm honored, you know, to live, spent two years there and that, you know, I'm happy that I experienced that lifestyle and definitely learned to respect every other country um, and their different ways of living. Um, mm -hmm. Because, you know, if you get Italy, Spain, and France, like more or less besides the language, they're the same, mm -hmm. you know, like they're the same. Mentality. You just have to yeah you just have to deal with the language but you know you go over you know farther east to turkey and countries over there like it's completely different world and definitely you know life-changing for me mm -hmm. to have the opportunity to really live there not many people can say that um and then you were also in australia were you in sydney yeah last summer i spent in sydney yeah for three four months okay what did you think yeah. about that um I love that, you know, we took our foreign trip when I was in college down to um, Australia and New Zealand. So, you know, it wasn't the first time I was there, but okay. it's different living there for four months compared to going with your college teammates for two weeks and, mm -hmm. you know, scheduled tours and, you know, you don't really see anything besides of what, you yeah. know, your companies depict to tell you to see. But, you know, Australia is like everybody speaks your language. Um, and so it was, it was easily to get adjusted to, but you know, living in a different climate, you know, you go down there and it's winter down there. True. I mean, not winter, like the weather, like in Superior, Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not winter, but you know, for them it's winter. And yeah. so, you know, just another opportunity to stamp the passport, I guess, and say that I've played in a different country. Mm -hmm. Man, I was looking at that this morning, Sydney and from Madrid, it's like a 22 hour, you know, flight travel and I, I just think about that. Wow. That's a long day. Extremely yeah, long day. I think it took me 24 hours. Exactly. Like from Dubai to Sydney was 13 hours direct. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you don't, if you hate flying, well then it's not the place to go for you. Yeah. Or you got to take <laughs> some pills and uh, yeah. put on your little nightcap and try to <laughs> go to sleep. <laughs> exactly. Um, that's really cool though, that in college, your foreign tour, you guys went to Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. Um, we went to Australia. I don't remember how many days, and then we just flew over to New Zealand for a few days and then came back and flew back. So yeah, it was nice that we combined both of them in one trip and definitely, um, I guess, memorable, I yeah. guess from, because usually teams just go to Europe or something like that, which is still amazing, still amazing opportunity for 
you know, kids to see the world and stuff, but to fly all the way down to Australia, we were, I guess, blessed from the university that they were willing to send us down there. Yes. And now that I'm thinking about it, you, oh, I'm, you know, the foreign tour, the big 10 foreign tour team, I went on that trip and I was sitting here thinking who went from Wisconsin, but it was Daniel Ward. Oh, Daniel Ward. Yeah. Yep. I played with her for that two week uh, stint um but she yeah. was my roommate my freshman year oh really oh, yeah. funny. okay because yeah, yeah I'm just sitting here thinking like I wonder why Jolene but yeah Daniel was there um which yeah, was a really the summer I played um with USA basketball ah okay yeah so yeah. that summer before Australia I just returned from Russia and then two weeks later I had to fly to Australia from Russia that's where you were with USA basketball yeah okay the world championships yeah My goodness. what 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 do your family and friends from you know uh, port wing wisconsin like what do they think about this about you just traveling all over the world getting paid to play basketball um they think it's amazing um honestly yeah. you know my obviously my family you know didn't think that anything was possible but now it's just like you know go and achieve everything that you can and you know live the dream that you've worked so hard for and you know, you know, cause they've sacrificed a lot too, for me being gone nine months out of the year um, mm-hmm. and maybe not even seeing me, you know, last summer, they didn't see me at all. Um, and so, you know, it's a sacrifice for them too, but you know, our family's always big on, if you want to follow your dreams, we'll support you a hundred percent. And, and so, you know, I honestly don't think I would still be playing if, you know, I didn't have the support and, you know, encouragement from them you know, because mm-hmm. it takes a lot on them too, as much as myself. Are your sisters still in Port Wing? Um, no, but they're still in Wisconsin. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, my younger sister lives in Eau Claire. Uh-huh. You, it's close to. Yeah. I've, I've walked the hill at Eau Claire. Oh, there you go. Yep. Um, yep. She, so she went to school down there for athletic training and now she's an assistant athletic trainer there. Okay. And then my older sister lives in Appleton. Sounds familiar. Yep. Yeah, it's Apple. south of Green Bay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Good deal. Good deal. Um. Gosh, I just, yeah, you're kind of blowing my mind right now. So many years playing, so many countries. What about language? Have you been able to pick up on some of the language? Like eight years in Italy, do you are you able to talk at all? Um. Yeah, but I'm able. I can understand everything. Yeah. Um, you know, I can say a few words in there, but not like correctly, not perfectly. Okay. Um, but, you know, I've honestly tried to every country I've played to and at least to understand or uh-huh. and at least to know a few words to communicate because, you know, I, as for me, it's just a sign of respect. You know, like uh-huh. I don't want to be going there as like the typical American people think you are and like not willing to learn their culture because you're not in America anymore. You know, mm-hmm. you like you know you we expect everybody to speak English when they come to America so like you can at least do your part and at least try to understand Mm -hmm. um and so you know every country that I've played in I've left understanding a few words and able to communicate like hi bye thank you like the normal manner words I guess that you could learn yeah well and I also think in your situation you've played almost always Euro Cup or Euro League right Skio was Euro League I'm assuming yep so there you probably have a lot of teammates that are foreign and your coach probably speaks English. So your environment is still probably heavily 
I mean, doted, would I say doted? I don't know. But English was probably very common. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, I played in skio with Miguel Mendes was my head coach, uh-huh. um, you know, for four of the years. And then after that, Pierre Vincent came, the French, you know, and so in skio, you know, definitely if you have a EuroLeague team, you're more likely going to have English as right. the first language. Right. Um, but oh, my, I didn't know, you know that Miguel Mendes was your coach. He was. Wow. Okay. You know, I love him. Definitely a great guy. Great guy. Great coach. You know, loved him in general overall. Like nothing bad about that guy that I can't say. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah so. For people that don't know, he's the national team coach for Spain right now. And they just qualified for the Olympics. Did you watch the games? I, I did. You know, coming back from 22 points down was definitely one for the record books, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even if they didn't need to come back to qualify, but, you know, it just gives them a better seating, I guess, going into the Olympics. So I'm definitely happy for him. Definitely happy for Spain. Um, yes. You know, a little sad, little sad for Hungary. Um, you know, they, they just, you know, a few, few seconds left them, but you know, it is what it is. And that's the name of the sport. And that's why everybody loves to watch them play it. I know. And because Hungary lost and Canada got the ticket to go. I mean, it, yeah. Roller coaster it, of emotions for all those people involved. It, it was, but definitely the best group, I would say, mm-hmm. um, was that it came down to the last day, literally the last game, and it was your fate or not. Yep. Um, so backtracking just a little bit, you were drafted when you graduated from college. Um, do you remember that day? Were you expecting it? Where were you? Um, I was at home with my family, um, you know, watching, watching TV, you know, I didn't expect anything really. Um, you know, I knew there was maybe a possibility, but, you know, I wasn't, you know, jumping for joy. wasn't sad. wasn't, you know, but then when, you know, Connecticut called and that they were going to pick me, it was obviously a dream come true. Um, you know, everybody, you know, wants to play in WNBA, you know, it's the one of the best leagues in the world. And so, you know, it definitely was, a surreal moment that, you know, all the hard work from college, you know, came, came true and definitely, you know, showed you didn't have to go to a big college um, or from come from a big city to achieve your dreams. Right. Well, I'd say the University of Wisconsin is a pretty big, obviously it's a big school, but yeah, you're from a little, a small town. When you went to Connecticut, was Lindsay Whalen still there? She was. Yep. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Lindsay and her husband, Ben, and, you know, just, you know, it was a great, um, a great feeling, you know, going there with another Big Ten player. And, you know, she's an excellent person, ex- excellent player. Um, you mm-hmm. know, there's not a bad bone in her body, I don't think. And, you know, it was definitely a great opportunity to play with somebody so well recognized around the world from her uh-huh. days in, when she played in Prague and, you know, definitely took advantage of it. Uh-huh. Um, what would you say are some of the like some advice that you would give to young players that are thinking about playing overseas? I mean, for someone like you, who's had such a long, successful career, um, what little nuggets of wisdom could you give to them? Um, You know, really, you just have to be open-minded. You know, you have to, you know, just realize that you're not in America anymore. You know, you have to be respectful to everything whether you agree with it or not. Um, you have to be respectful to everybody that you meet because you never know what insight they have in the club, in the community. And, you know, you don't, because 
clubs over here already have like a notion of Americans, you know, of being bad or good, you know, they're like, I don't know, how's this person going to be? Or, you know, so like that, you know, you have to try to set the trend that not all Americans are the same. Mm -hmm. um, and so really it just comes down to being respectful and being open-minded to trying to learn the language, to understand it, to, you know, willing to go out of your way for pretty much everybody like the Europeans do. It's just their lifestyle and you mm -hmm. have to kind of jump out of the American lifestyle and go into the European lifestyle as fast as you can. 100% mm -hmm. agree. Um, and how do you think playing overseas and traveling the world has contributed to your personal growth as a human being? Um, even just traveling into Madison from Fort Wayne really <laughs> my personal growth. Um, but, you know, coming from a small town, you don't see anything really you know everybody knows everybody you know like you don't see nothing like people growing up in big city does do you know and so like even moving down to Madison was a huge jump for me and then going coming over to Europe I honestly didn't think that I would be here as long as I have um, I remember two weeks into France calling my mom crying saying I can't do this anymore I don't want to like it's not for me um, and you know she was like you have to stay there till Christmas until we have the Christmas break. And then if you don't like it, then you don't have to go back. That's fine. Um, but then she also asked me what my plan B was and I didn't have one. And so I guess now people say, I guess you didn't go, you didn't stay home after Christmas. No, I kind of fell in love with it, you know? And so it's just shaped me to, you know, slow down, you know, the American lifestyle is so fast paced and like have to get everything done. And like in Europe, it's like, it'll be there tomorrow if you don't do it today. You know, there's not, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, like why rush and why rush life? You know, life is too precious and you never know when it's going to end on, unfortunately. So it's like, just go with the flow and live every day to the fullest. Mm -hmm. You studied sociology, correct? Correct. Okay. Um, is there, well, I mean now, and I personally, I kind of hated this question when I was a player. So I'm sorry in advance for asking you, but when you, when you do finish basketball, like the last 16 years, like what have you been doing in your free time? Do you have hobbies outside of playing? How do you kind of like, you know, get away from the court? Um, I don't know. Do you, have you studied? Do you do art? Do you like, what, what, do you, what does Jolene Anderson do in her free time? <laughs> um, you know, I just finished my master's degree in January. Um, okay, congratulations. Thanks in sports management. And so I've been doing that for the past four years. Um, Bravo. You know, <laughs> thanks. Um, you know, I took a little time off from college, but you know, it is, it is what it is. You know, there's no time, I guess, to get in a degree and yeah. um, I like to read. Um, um, I have a toy poodle named Champ. Oh, really? Yeah. So, you know, like take him out for walks or stuff like that. And you know, I'm fortunate that my partner lives here in Barcelona with me and, you know, she okay. works from home. And so, you know, it's kind of just hanging out with the family, I guess. I'm really pretty chill, try to stay off social media. I'm not a big social media person. And so, you know, just kind of enjoy life, enjoy the, their, their surroundings. And mm -hmm. you know, there's not much spectacular, exciting stuff coming from Jolene. <laughs> but a toy poodle named Champ. I don't know very many people who have toy poodles. So how many pounds are we talking? Um, he is five kilos. Okay. He's full grown. Uh-huh. Um, he's three years old. So. 
and you bring him everywhere. I mean, every time you hop on a plane, whatever, he's just your lap dog and his little case or whatever. And and he sleeps and he's perfect. Uh-huh. He's definitely the perfect traveler. I mean, if some kids could learn from a dog, he would definitely he would definitely be the dog to learn from. Oh gosh, I know. I little Ruby, man. We've traveled a couple times with her and hasn't always been pretty to say the least. Um, but okay, and your sports management masters, that's really great. I think sometimes I look at the Europeans and I just think it's actually really good that they can continue playing and studying at the same time because as we get older, me personally, your interests change, your mentality, the way you view life and to be able to study when you're 30 years old and still be playing is, I don't know. I mean, I know it's difficult to manage all that, but it's also a beautiful thing, in my opinion. Yeah, like, I'll be honest, like college, what, school wasn't my thing in general from I was a little kid to all the way through college. I did it because I had to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I took a few years off and then I was like, hmm. you know, you, not like saying that you miss it, but it's just like, let's try it, you know? And so, you know, after the first few weeks, I said, I don't know, what am I doing? (laughs) (laughs) Why did I sign up for this? (laughs) Yeah. I was like, what is this? Um, but you know, like after you, you know, it is hard to play your league and to study and, you know, to find the time and to do it, but you know, it's just definitely another accomplishment that, you know, if you use your time wisely, like it's definitely that can be achievable and, you know, Hey, finally did it at 37 and you know I'm proud I'm happy yeah bravo Woo! um and I'm assuming this was online online program yeah it was online through American Public University in Virginia and you know it was kind of like once you enrolled you had six years to complete it so it wasn't okay. like structural so you know I took um when my mom passed away five years ago I took one year off I didn't do anything and so you know then I was like my dad kept on asking me how's your master's going when are we going to get done with your master's? And so, you know, I was like, okay, I have to finish. And so, you know, it was definitely a timeline. So I was, I was done. Okay. Yeah. Uh, good job, dad. I've already told him good job once in this podcast, but good job. All right, Jolene, there's so many other questions that I could ask you, uh, but time is of the essence. So um, I call this, I'm going to start calling us your starting five. It's just five questions. Uh, quick, fairly quick. What's your jersey number and why? Number three, because my favorite NBA player is Chris Paul. Okay. All right. Ever since, like, were you number three in college too? No, I was 41 in college because I was 41 in high school. Ah. Yeah. And then, you know, some teams overseas, they don't let you pick the number. Yep. Um, Or when you first started, I think they could only do up to a certain number. I think like 15, I think. Something like that. Yeah. yeah, from like three to 15 or something like it was it was weird. And so like the first few years um, and then I went to 20 one year and then, you know, I just went all over the place. And so <laughs> for the past few years, I've been three. And so let's just stick with it. And OK, let's see how long it, it takes me. Yeah, I was 45 my whole career and then I got to Spain and I couldn't be 45. So it's number six for no real reason. But yeah. And then now um, people can pick what number you want. It's fine. Yeah. What would you say is your go-to move? What's your bread and butter move on the court? Three-point sh- shot, probably. Now that I'm getting older. Yeah. <laughs> now that my legs are getting a little tired and 
Um, either that or I would say rebounding. I mean, not, but that's on defensive, but yeah, probably a three-point shot probably. When you were in college, would you have said three-point shot? Um, yeah, probably. Okay. Yeah, that's probably like my, I guess, number one. If I have to be more secure about something, it's probably that. Okay. Um, are there any snacks that you bring in your suitcase when you go overseas? Things that you know that you're not going to be able to find, or maybe that's changed also uh, throughout the years because now Amazon, you can pretty much buy anything. But did you ever come over with specific stuff in your suitcase? Um, I did, but I, not that I remember really off the top of my head, but now I don't come over with anything. You know, it's just like, I'll find that if not, it's, it is what it is. And, you know, there's certain things like people like, what do you miss from America now? I'm like, um, there's really not nothing, you know, because I was never addicted to anything really. Okay. Um, so specifically like that, I like this has to come over with, but now it's just get to fill us two suitcases with clothes and off we go. What about the fact that you're not in Italy anymore? Is there something from Italy that you <laughs> Um, definitely. Um, you know, definitely because they have different, like now just the carnival ended in Italy and, you know, I was home there. I was there for, you know, a week for the break. Okay. Um, and so definitely carnival snacks that came back with me, um, <laughs> that didn't last so long, but you know, in Italy, there's so much that you could bring with everywhere with you. And it's just the food limit, is like, on a different level or what it is. It's just even like the pasta, like a bag of pasta is definitely different from, and I'm not even Italian. Yeah. Like, you can so, tell the difference. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so, but it's, it's not like we bring it, like we don't, you know, bring anything. It's just, you know, be yeah. like, I can't wait to go back to have pasta or something like, well, and your partner is Italian, correct? Correct. So you're getting like the full-fledged experience of an Italian family. Oh yeah, like full-fledged, like homemade lasagna, like everything is like pasta at every meal. Like, like the first time we I had Christmas there, it was like, what are we eating? Like, I was full for like three days straight. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, in America, you just throw everything on a plate and it is what it is. It's like, like three different courses, and I was like, I'm full after the lasagna. Yeah. So explain to me if in Ital if in Italy they eat so many carbs, how is it that they're still fairly fit? Yeah. Yeah. Good question that I have not figured out for the <laughs> past for the past eight years when I'm played there. I'm like, what's wrong with you guys? Your metabolism is out of this world. Yeah. It's or is it just because the it, it the dishes are healthier maybe and they don't have as many extra additives or I don't know or maybe their breakfast and their dinner are more healthy or they're walking more during the day but I played my first year in um the southern part of Switzerland like really close to Lake Como Italy okay and same thing like I was because I was in the southern part they spoke Italian and I would go and eat with my friend's family a lot and her grandma was cooking us homemade gnocchi all the time like these good meats the pasta the pizza and I'm looking around and I'm like, I'm the one gaining weight here, <laughs> but all exactly. of you guys are not gaining weight. So maybe it's like the portions or I, I, I haven't figured it out. And I was like, okay, like maybe if I continue eating it, I'll look like you guys someday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so good. What a, what a blessing. And just like 
to be able to experience that Italian family is that's really neat. I mean, for you yeah. now, it's more or less normal. But for all of us, it's like, well, and here I am talking, I married a Spaniard. So I'm, you know, exactly. You have the Spanish life, like it's yeah. different. Like, and it's like, oh, okay, like Americans like, oh, yeah, I miss it. But like, eh, yeah, there's some things you can go without. It's interesting that when something becomes your normal, you forget how maybe different it is to other people from the outside. Um, yeah. Yeah. Same thing with basketball. You know, it's like, this is, this life of ours is for us, it's normal, but for someone else, it's completely like out of yeah, this like, world. How yeah. can you travel for nine months out of the year and just don't know where you're going next? It is what it is. Like you yep. can't control it. Exactly. Um, all right. What was your fave board game as a, as a little kid? Um, I'd probably say categories when our whole family played together. Okay. You know, it was, um, our parents weren't really game players. Um, you know, so it's just kind of my sisters and I playing, but like categories was the only game our mom would play. Uh Um, and so it was like, you pick a good day and ask to play categories. And then it was, (laughs) it was was a family affair. And so that's probably the number one game. Okay. Nice. I remember categories. And what about, (laughs) do you have a fave cartoon? from when you were little oh um well I know I watched Barney a lot I remember Ah. that um I won't be ashamed to admit it (laughs) um but honestly when I was no that's the only ones I remember okay because I I remember watching them when my younger sister was growing up but like obviously they've changed right I know things change so much Disney movies everything she was watching growing up watching Franklin and you know, I'm just like, that's the first thing that came to my mind because I enjoyed watching it too. And so <laughs> I don't even know what Franklin is. Oh, it's a little turtle and a teddy bear. Oh. It's very cute. You should Google it. <laughs> okay. Franklin. YouTube it, Franklin. All right. <laughs> um, and start bench cut three cities, Sydney, Venice, and Madison, Wisconsin. Start bench cut. Are we taking in consideration the weather? <laughs> you can take into like... consideration whatever you want. <laughs> it's an emotional feeling. It's the weather. It's the food. It's whatever you. Um, I would start Venice, bench Madison, and cut Sydney. Okay. Just, just in not any particular order, just because of how many years I've spent in a specific place. And so, you know, it would be wrong to, you know, put anybody else above a place I spent eight years more than college. Yeah. Were you living in Venice or you were outside of like, what is Um, the old town of Venice? You were outside of that. Yeah. um, Because it's hard and expensive to live in Venice, Venice on Mm -hmm. the island. And so, well, ski was an hour away. Okay. Um, And then when I played in Venice, it was like off the island. So like a tram ride, I guess you consider into the Mm -hmm. island. And then my last year in Italy was an hour from Venice also. So Okay. In the Northern Territory, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I was about, I want to say it took us an hour and such, maybe more. I don't know. But we drove there one day to Venice um, from my little town in Switzerland. And um, it was just neat. It was like, wow, I'm finally in this place that I've heard so much about, like in movies and just hearsay and talking. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's, it was a shame that it went underwater years ago um but now that they have that fixed hopefully it doesn't happen again okay yeah Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, you have been all over the place. Amazing. It, it, some days I wake up and be like, I'm shocked myself. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how many years I can still do this. Like, I don't know how many years I want to still do it. Mm-hmm. You know, but I'm just taking it day by day and blessed every day that I, I wake up and continue doing the yeah. hobby that I love. Yeah. Um, and just how much you've learned too about geography and like history, you know? Yeah, it's like every um, every country that you go to is different, like where everything is and like how far everything is. Like, but you be in Europe so many years, you know, you use kilometers, you use Celsius, and you go back to the states, and it's like oh, now I have to convert it. Like I don't know, like. <laughs> then you go like an hour away like I don't know (laughs) you know like you get to where you're living and it just becomes normal and you know you can say foreign um words to like your family and they're like what Mm -hmm. I'm just like sorry it comes natural for the last nine months and it's like I know which is probably a little strange for them too like I think it's my parents are somewhat used to it now but sometimes I'll leave a voice message and I'll have just been speaking in Spanish and I won't switch over and I'll start the message in Spanish. And then I realize, oh, Leslie, you're talking to your mom, switch back to English, you know? And I, yeah. I wonder how that makes her feel. Sometimes I feel like they think I'm more Spanish than American, um, but. She probably ignores the first time until you speak English. You're like, okay, now I can listen. Like. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Yeah. Um, and just, if you don't want to, well, this isn't too personal, but I can edit out or not. Do you still count as an American or are you married and count as a extra comunitaria? No, I'm still American. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Not, not married yet. It's our goal this summer. Um, okay. And but with Italians, it's, it takes a while, you know, you have to be married for three years or two years living in Italy to become, you know, and so then you have to take a test and. To be married or to be considered a. Comunitaria. Like, have like a um, Italian passport. Ah. Yeah, but okay. yeah, so it's like Italy's way more strict, I guess, than any other European country. So if you're eventually able to have an Italian passport, are you still able to have your American passport? Yeah. Okay. Because I still don't really know how that works. And the last time I went to the embassy, I was going to ask, but I've, I hear different things from different people. Like, I would have to renounce my American passport to have a Spanish passport. And then you other people are citizenship. See, I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure on that. But how do people do it like playing basketball? So I am considered when I married Juanma in 2017, um, I was just considered comunitaria. So I didn't count as an American on my Spanish team, but okay but I didn't have a Spanish passport. And when we went to play Euro cup, I counted as an American in the Spanish league. I didn't count as an American. There were three of us playing together on the team, but when we went to play Euro cup, I did. So either I didn't play or I remember my teammate uh, wasn't able to come one time. So I, I went and I played in her position in her spot, but like, Otherwise, no, I'm not Spanish. Like, I don't have a Spanish passport. I can't vote for the president, for example. Yeah. But I have, like, an ID card saying that I'm married to someone that's part of the European Union. And, like, in the Spanish League, I count as a comunitaria. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like, for that to happen, like, 
to play as an Italian, you have to be on the Italian national team first. In the Italian league? Yeah. To be, like counted, when, to be counted as an Italian? You have to be called up to play at least one game on the Italian national team. So if you're Italian and you've never played on the national team? No, like for like another, like outside of Italians, sorry. Outside of Italian, outside of yeah. Italy. Yeah. So like if you have like a, a foreigner besides a European, like to be considered Italian, like, and you have an Italian passport, you can't play as an Italian until you've played like part of the national team. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cause we had, when I was in Venice, we had an Australian who had an Italian national Italian passport also, but she played as an extra because she was never called up to the Italian national team. You're not talking about Nicole Romeo, are you? No, Alex Chabatoni. Okay. Her See, name Romeo sounds is, Italian. Yeah, yeah, she has an Italian passport, but she cannot play in as Italian because she didn't play called up for the national team. Wow, that's really interesting. Yeah, like, it's so, like, I'm just like... That really Nicole, limits. Yeah, because Nicole Romeo has an Italian passport, and she's played on the national team, so she's Italian. Okay. You yeah, know her. So, no, I've just played against her, but don't know her personally, no. We played together one year in Logroño. Ah, see? Yep, yep. I love listening to her. The The Australian accent, I just love it's, it. I love it. I can listen to it all day. Yeah. yeah. But Italian, I love the Italian language, too. I mean, when I was living in Switzerland and I was listening to it and trying to learn it, I, I also thought it was just beautiful. Like, I bet you you could understand it now because you speak Spanish. Yeah, here and there. I mean, I, I still keep in contact with my like Swiss family. Um, and when I go back or when they come here, I can get by more or less, but they do have to speak a little slower for me. But yeah, yeah. yeah. If they speak fast. I don't understand either. I just stop listening. Yeah. And all the like hand gestures and <laughs> everything like <laughs> become Italian, learn the hand gestures and you'll be fine. Yeah. Oh, funny. Yeah. Well, Jolene, this was such a treat this morning. I feel like even though we don't know each other, we have things in common. And so it just, you know, warms my heart. But thank you so much for taking the time. Um, say hi to your teammates, Paula Stebas, for me, because I played with her for four years. Um, and Roselis, I hope she's doing as well as possible. I don't know. Is she still hanging out in Barcelona? Is she still there? Yeah, actually, she lives right above us. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, so she, she's had surgery and everything. And so, you know, hopefully the rehab will, will go good for her and she'll be back on the court. Yeah. Well, and now that I'm thinking, there's another Big Ten player on your team, Taylor, right? Taylor Wirtz. Yeah. She played for Indiana or Wisconsin? Wisconsin. She played for Wisconsin. Yeah, I had the red in my mind, but. Yeah, yeah. Like I was exiting as a senior and she was coming in as a freshman. Oh, funny. Yeah. Wow, that probably doesn't happen that often that there are two people on the same team from the same college, same university. Definitely not. I'm trying to think if I even played with anybody from the Big Ten. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. yeah well, now the Big Ten is expanding and there's so many teams included. So. <laughs> Your face says get, it all. <laughs> don't even get me started. Oh my. Since when did we go to Nebraska? Well, in um, East Coast, West Coast, I mean. Like, and I was like, since when is USC going to be in the Big Ten for football? I was like, what is going on? I know. I know. For all of us, like, traditionalists and kind of old school people, it just seems sacrilegious. 
I like um, to go to Maryland, Rutgers, Nebraska. Are those the only three? Well, I think in the future, teams on the West Coast, um, Stanford, were they going to be part of the Big Ten? Oh, or was it Oregon State? Or Oregon, I don't know. But I don't know, but like, I guess everybody wants to come to the Big Ten. Well, and it's all about the money. It's all about television deals. Exactly, the NIL, and don't get me started on that. <laughs> Well, that's a whole different beast. And I, it blows my mind that some of these, granted, you're like, the people that are making money are the really top of the top. But even if you're not the top of the top, I know some schools that like every single person on the roster is making maybe 10 grand for the year. Yep. And you might not even come off the bench. I mean, I, my first two years in college, I hardly left the bench. And even, even that person is making like 10 grand or I, I just wow. You'd be happy if Pam gave you ten grand. Just to, <laughs> no, <laughs> like, oh Pam. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm just like just thinking of like all these people, like how much money some of these people could have made, like when we were in college, like now, like mm -hmm. and how different our life. Yeah, just like I mean, not extremely different, but still to be able to graduate with that money in your bank account, like, and we were sweating for a penny. We were saving. <laughs> our monthly check for rent and like, like <laughs> we were living the hard life and they're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, I guess I haven't thought too deeply about this, but it is true. Like the NCAA makes a lot of money off of mm. sports. And so at the end of the day, it's like, wow, who's, who's benefiting from all that money. But it is kind of hard looking at college kids being like, wow, it used to be kind of for the like the passion of the game, like he played and now this money is involved and it's just, how do you even manage that as an 18, 19, 20 year old in college? Yeah. Like we were happy that we got a scholarship and didn't have to pay for college. Mm -hmm. Like family was ecstatic. Like you're going to go to college for free. And now they're having millions in their bank account every year. And like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty unreal. But, you know, at the same time, I'm happy that women's sports are getting more coverage and, um, you know, everybody, so many people around the world know who Caitlin Clark is and Angel Reese. And it's just like. Exactly. They're, they're a phenomenon. Mm -hmm. Like they're amazing to watch. Like Caitlin's going to break the record on tomorrow. Probably Kelsey, Kelsey Plum's record for NCAA. She has eight points left or something. I saw a little interview with Kelsey uh, talking about that. Yeah. Yeah, it's wow. amazing to do it in four years. Like, um, and for she's only been like, there for four years. This isn't her fifth or anything. No, I just read something that because I thought so too. And no, she could come back next year for her COVID year if she wants. So it's only been four years she's been there. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Like mm -hmm. because usually I was was known for like the post you know, post-player school, like back when we were in college, like always had... tall and thin and yes. yep. <laughs> you know, if it was like, you're a post-player, you're going to go to Iowa for sure. Yeah. You know, but like they've had an amazing program and coach. And they're really on the map and Lisa Bluter, man, she's been there for a hot minute. Like, I think their whole staff I saw this year has been there for 500 games together. Coach Bluter's 500 games. Their whole staff has been there. <clears throat> That's, That's got to be a record because even if um, at Stanford, their coach passed uh, the winning 
record from yeah. um, the Duke Shashevsky, Tara, Tara Vanderveer. Yeah. I don't know how many wins, how many, do you remember how many wins she has? 1,208 maybe. Oh, wow. So it was a thousand. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's but just like probably not with the same staff, but 500. Wow. Yeah. Something, something's working there. Clearly. <laughs> clearly. Yeah. <laughs> like they have something that nobody else knows about and I'm happy for them. Like happy that you know, Big Ten schools getting recognized like they are, and right. But Big now, Ten when now there. when we say Big Ten, it doesn't necessarily mean what it did before. <laughs> no, not the original Big Ten. We'll say that. Yeah, because Iowa was there when we were there. Like the original um, Big Ten's getting recognized, and yeah, I have yeah. great memories of just going to play at Wisconsin and uh, having it be so snowy, and then walking down like State Street just for like a little pre-game walk stretch your legs whatever like uh, yeah I I because I haven't spent that much time there outside of my basketball playing um but that's one memory that I have is just like beautiful lively energy state street and then playing obviously in uh what's the arena called the Coal Center Coal Center yeah yeah red everywhere I mean not probably not full when you came but I mean oh there were there were quite a few people there I think our senior year I think it started well I don't know I remember it being intense and loud well just because it was Minnesota for sure uh yeah yeah you know uh man I could sit here and yeah I could sit here and shoot the shit with you for so long Jolene but I'm gonna let you go and um, I really appreciate you coming on here. Have you guys already played Estudiantes in Madrid this year? Yes. You did? Okay. We did. <laughs> we came up on the short end again. No, <laughs> oh, did you? I didn't go, did I? I don't think I went. I didn't see you. Yeah, Probably no, so not. I, think, yeah. I figured you would have hunted me down if you came. <laughs> well, like I been, it was, yeah, when I saw you out there, I was just like, oh my gosh, that's Jolene Anderson. She's still balling. I remember her. Um yeah, it yeah. was that was crazy. It was really cool to see you out there though. I'm like, yep, look at her. She's still doing her thing. Still just trying a bucket, to. a walking bucket. Trying to trying to keep <laughs> up with these 20 year olds. I know. Well, the game has changed so much too. I mean, like I was watching a video the other day of Kelsey Plum and just like the footwork and the like, do you understand when I say paso cero? You understand yeah. that? Yeah. Yep. And I never did anything like that when I was in college. No. No, we didn't learn any of that stuff. And now it's just so interesting and so beautiful. And so like, if kids can learn that stuff from a young age, man. But even like the Euro step, sometimes in practice, they're like, do that. I said, what? I said, what's that? I said, you think I've done a Euro step in my life? <laughs> I remember my first years, I thought these kids were traveling. I'm like, this little girl, how did she get around me? Little girl, I'm saying that because like, they are these small Spanish players. And I'm like, she totally traveled. No, just a Euro step. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, where have I been? Living under a rock or what? Yeah, but I'm like, not doing it, refuse to, not even gonna learn. Like, no. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. I was like, it makes no sense to me, so I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> and look at you're still getting your your numbers. Uh, doing the basics. Yep, the fundamentals. Yep. Simple. Yep. All right, Chica. All right. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Yeah. Thank you for joining me and um, good luck the rest of the season. Um, thank you. 
Yeah. And good luck with the rest of your life. You know, if you move back to Italy or you stay in Spain, you go back to the States, whatever, whatever your path has in store for you. But um, thank you. You too. Enjoy life and take care of the little one. Oh, thank you. All right. Talk to you, Jolene. Ciao. All right. Bye. Bye. All right, everyone, there you have it. A look into the world and mentality of the Wisconsin phenom, Jolene Anderson. What a crazy small world we live in. I still can't believe she's from the same town as Megan Gustafson. Or I guess it's the opposite, right? Megan Gustafson is from the same town as Jolene Anderson. But furthermore, and she played for Spain's national team coach, Miguel Mendez. I mean, it's all, it's just mind blowing to me. But anyway, Jolene seems like an old school type of person, right? She's into the fundamentals of the game, can't believe how much the Big Ten is expanding, and lives a life of gratefulness and respect for her fellow human beings. You gotta love old school, right? Some things never change. And what's that phrase? Don't fix it if it ain't broken, something like that. Well, here's an example. Jolene is out here in Barcelona, getting buckets in one of, if not the most competitive leagues in Europe, La Liga Femenina Endesa, by staying true to her fundamentals. And clubs keep her around because, well, A, she has solid, consistent stats, and B, because she's respectful and doesn't deter the club from its goals. Bravo, Chica. Round of applause for Jolene, please. Anyway, I hope you all enjoyed today's episode, and for all for all of you who have listened to me before, you know the drill, but for those of you who haven't, please head on over to Apple Podcasts and throw me five stars or leave a comment. I love hearing what you have to say, uh, whether it's a criticism or something positive. I'm all ears, and I think uh, maybe it's UCLA that's joining the Big Ten, not Stanford, but... It's probably only a matter of time until more teams join the Big Ten. So anyway, but thank you guys for listening. It's time to get on with your day. So stay healthy and have a great week. Ciao, ciao.